Hey friends, thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. This is your girl, Kristen Denise, also known as KD, and I am so grateful that you are joining us on our self-care journey. I want to ask you to remember to make sure that you subscribe so that you're always aware of a new conversation that drops, that you rate us because we want to know how we're doing. Give us five stars. And that you leave a review so that other people can know what we're talking about and know why they should join in on the conversation. Thank you so much for your help. Now, let's get into today's episode. Good morning, friends. This is your girl, Kristen Denise. Excuse how I sound. I think I'm losing my voice. Boo! But with this crazy weather, it makes sense i'm not even going front <clears throat> yesterday in one day in metro atlanta uh yesterday was february 8th 2020 and one day in metro atlanta it snowed and or rained in the morning to pe- depending on where you were in the city probably got up to about 50 degrees by late afternoon again depending on where you were in the city and then about 7.30 at night, 7.30, 8 o'clock, a heavy fog descended over the city. And it's still kind of sitting on top of us right now this morning. So, and and then a couple days ago, like maybe Wednesday, it was like 70 degrees. It's, you just, I'm surprised, honestly, that this is the only seeming setback is that I my voice appears as if it might be leaving my body um to return again at a later time so there is that um quick podcast nerd fact well two actually two we are almost at seven thousand downloads my mind is blown thanks friends y'all are the bomb keep sharing keep listening keep growing and we're gonna make this thing pop together because y'all bomb Thanks, Moose. And second one is we have another episode from 2020 that has made its way into the top five. Um, The episode Bet on Yourself is now officially in the top five. And that was a really good episode. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I really enjoyed that sentiment. I'll be super duper extra transparent and real. Um, This year has been very challenging for me from a mental health perspective. Not insurmountable, but super extra challenging. And so it's been hard to do some of this stuff that I've been talking about. But in going back and listening to my own words, it has given me strength and power and reassurance to do it. Maybe not as big as I would normally want to do it or as often as as I would, oh, excuse me, normally want to do it, but doing it nonetheless and being reminded that um, it's a journey, right? It's about the journey. And so in this journey, I'm learning a lot. Oh, Jesus, I'm learning a lot about myself, about um, my ability to navigate my mental health, considering taking meds at this point because it's been really, really hard um, as of late. So we'll see how that goes. Um, And there's nothing wrong with taking medicine if you need it uh, for the time period that you need it in order for you to be able to do what you need to do to function in the world, okay? Okay, that's my stance on medicine for anything, right? Nobody wants to be living, taking a billion pills a day or hell five pills a day but if you need to take something in the short term to continue um, to function in the short term so that you can make it to the long term 
Do what you need to do to be well, friends. That will always be my stance. Do what you need to do to be well. If you are better with it than without it, go ahead and get what you need in your life um, to do what you need to do. Always pay attention to side effects. Always pay attention to how things are impacting your body. Always have a strategy and a plan for reevaluation. But go on ahead and do what you need to do to be well. Because you deserve to be well. You deserve the best of what you have to offer the world. Um, And so make sure you get it. So... There is that. But yes, Bet On Yourself has made it into the top five. The top five now consists of routine success, which is still overwhelmingly number one. Um, planning to win in the fourth quarter. Uh, bet On Yourself. Choose Joy. And I don't know why, but I always forget one. It's another one from this year, too. So I should know it because it's more recent. But alas, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. And we're going to keep it moving. Um, so yeah, that is that. Um, and now we're going to just jump straight into today's episode. So this is actually episode 25. I remember going back and forth last week, like, is this episode 25? No, last week was episode 24. This is episode 25. Um, and I'm super excited about it. We are the a quarter, uh, this would be if it would if this was a human, this would be when they talked about the quarter life crisis, which seems to be prominent these days. But we're not going to handle quarter life crisis. We have a clear direction. We know where we're going, what we're doing um, and what we're trying to accomplish overall. So no to the quarter life crisis for us. Amen. Um, so this week's episode, a uh, little background. A year ago, actually, an exact year ago to the day, I started a series on Instagram TV on how to love yourself. And what prompted that series was the day before that, I'd had a conversation with a young woman. She was a student at Spelman. I believe she was like a senior, junior, she's upperclassman. And we were just chatting about life. And she decided to divulge some of uh, the things she was dealing with, which were super heavy. So she was found herself in a relationship that was pretty toxic um, that had her unwell in a lot of ways. And she talked about a conversation she'd had with her significant other, um, where they said, they told her, your problem is you want me to love you because you don't love yourself. And I was like, damn, that's a hard thing to say to somebody you're in a relationship with or somebody, you know, you're supposed to be caring for and you want to see the best out of, and you're supposed to be making each other better. And she said, the hardest part about the conversation was not what that person said, but was the fact that she couldn't argue with it because they were right. And she said, but the, what I also realized is that I don't know how to do that. Like, how do you love yourself? And it took everything in me not to just cry because it it just broke my heart that this intelligent, beautiful, dynamic young woman, um, was one in such a negative relationship, right? Our relationships are supposed to help us to be better. They're supposed to build us up, not tear us down. People should not feel comfortable mistreating us because they recognize in us that we don't know how to treat ourselves well at a particular point in our existence. They shouldn't prey on that. They should, you know, a person really is there for you and cares for you and is about you. They should help you come out of that. And that's not what was happening for her. So that broke my heart. Two, it broke my heart because I knew her pain, like intimately. I have been the girl that did not know how to love herself and have spent, honestly, the majority of my life being that way, 
not knowing how to love myself, which led to me not prioritizing myself, not taking care of myself, not pushing myself to have the best for myself because I didn't honestly believe that I deserved it. Um, in particular, because I didn't love myself and it made it hard to be in relationships of all kinds. Right. Because if I don't love me, why would I assume that anybody else would love me? Um, it made me compromise in ways that I just should not have compromised. And I told her, like, I don't have a prescription, but I can tell you what I did. And so after that, I did a five day series on things you can do to help you to love yourself um, in general or in some instances, just love yourself better. Maybe you do love yourself, but you have not learned how to love yourself well um, or what loving yourself well looks like because you didn't have an example of that. You know, maybe your examples were dysfunctional if you had them at all. Um, or maybe you didn't feel like you were worthy of love. And so you're at the beginning. And I decided to take each of those tidbits from that five day um, series and make them today's podcast episode. As we are going into Valentine's uh, week, if you're listening to this in real time, Valentine's week is this coming Friday. Uh, or Valentine's Day, I'm sorry, is this coming Friday. So we are in Valentine's week. We are in a month about love, you know had heart health it was go red for women on friday all this stuff right so as we're dealing with matters of the heart um i wanted to deal with i believe is a primary matter which is learning how to love yourself and i firmly believe as a, a woman of faith um the christian faith in particular the bible tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, which means we should really invest time in learning what it means to love ourselves, learning how to love ourselves, and doing a really great job of it so that we are in a position to love our neighbor better. I am uh, firmly convinced that people who are constantly hateful and spew crazy rhetoric and are constantly going after other people and othering people and all of these things are doing it from a place of self-loathing. Um, because if how you treat others is a reflection of how you honestly feel about you, then... I can see how you feel about you based on how you treat others, right? So I I am nicer. I am kinder. I am more loving now than I've ever been at any other point in my life. Simply because I'm taking better care of myself. I am investing in loving myself really, really well. And it indeed, it indeed has allowed me to love my neighbors better. So let's jump right on in. I think I said that already and still delayed, but we're going to really jump into it now. Five quick things you can do to help you love yourself well or love yourself at all if you don't already. Because self-care is contingent upon how you feel about yourself. It's hard to prioritize the wellness of someone you don't really love, even if that someone is you. So step one, uh, the first thing that I did is I had to go back to the beginning. I had to go back to the place where I firmly knew that I had um, either consciously stopped loving myself or consciously made a, a decision that other people were worth more than me. And so for me, that was 14. At 14 years old is when I started to shift who I was naturally to receive the approval of others. And it put me in a position that by the time I was in my 30s, I didn't know who I was because I had made a habit of shifting and, and and shaping myself to get approval from other people because I felt like if people didn't approve of me, they couldn't love me. And I, because I needed, needed, needed that outside validation that I was valuable and worthy, I did whatever I had to do to get it. Um, and that started consciously for me at 14 years old. 
with my mom, right? I love my mom. I think my mom is a delightful person. I would do anything for Deborah Ann Hemingway. Um, and she loves me. Like, I don't question her love for me. I don't question the sacrifices she's made for me. Uh, but my 14-year-old understanding of what she was experiencing, of what she was going through, and of how that came back to me, led me to believe that I had to be somebody else to get her love, which was not true. But that's how I interpreted life in that moment. Um, because I was different than what she expected. I'm still different than what my mama expects. Bless her heart. Right? She got a wild child. Um, <laughs> and she she has a person with an extremely different personality than her. In, in many ways where we're alike, we are exactly alike, but where we are different, we are polar opposites. And there are a lot of places where we're different. And so that's when I started changing to seek the approval of someone else. And like I said, it carried me well into uh, my adult life. It took me to being about 30 before I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I'm going to get clear on who I am. And and that's who I'm going to be. And if that's cool with you, feel free to be a part of my life. If it's not cool with you, feel free to find the closest exit. It's that simple. Um, and so what I had to do once I got down to it, once I figured out what happened um, or where it happened, I should say, which was with 14 year old me. Um, a lot of stuff happened when I turned 14. My grandmother passed away that year. I started high school that year. Um, I just, I dealt with a lot in, in that year of 14 and, um, it was just hard. Like my teenage years were not the, the easiest years internally. My life was not necessarily hard, but how I processed through things, how I received information from the outside, the value that I placed on things, what I thought things meant. Oh, child, I'm so glad I've grown and I am not uh, 14 anymore. And so what I did was wrote a letter to 14-year-old Kristen and I freed her up. I freed her up. I told her that she was beautiful. I told her that she was a survivor. I told her that she actually did have everything that she needed to live the life that she wanted. I told her um, that she was capable far beyond what she believed and that she would be okay. Um, I told her that she was worthy of every good thing. I told her someone else's ability or inability to love her actually didn't have anything to do with her and everything to do with them. Um, I told her that God did not make a mistake when he made her, that she was perfectly fine as she was, that she was absolutely beautiful as she was, that um, all of the things that don't seem to make a lot of sense now actually would come together and make sense in the future there's a reason she enjoyed being around younger kids. And it wasn't that she was immature. It was that God was preparing her for her purpose. Um, there was a reason that she was reading all these books. There was a reason that she was having all these different life experiences. And while it just seemed like a bunch of random stuff at that point, at 14, it will all come together in some of the most beautiful ways if she gave herself a chance to see it, one, and enjoy it. I still have that letter. Um, it's in my phone. I wrote that letter when I was 30. So almost nine years ago, because uh, I'll be 39 on my birthday. Um, so yeah, almost nine years ago, I wrote that letter to myself and the growth that I experienced after writing that letter. Um, it's crazy, actually. It was like exponential growth in a very short period of time. As I went on this year of self-discovery um, upon freeing myself up, it was like the maturation of my inner self 
um, became expedited so that inner me and outer me could be at the same place. I was no longer stuck at 14 doing what that 14 year old needed to do to survive. Um, she survived. She made it. I'm here. She is 39 and she lives a pretty good life and she gets to do the things that she loves. And while there are challenges, you know, as we all will experience challenges, I'm good. And me going back and I was good at 32. And so me going back 16 years at the time to say, hey, baby girl, you're going to be okay. And you don't have to hide and you don't have to shift and you don't have to be something other than who God created you to be. It was like this weight lifted off my shoulders. I remember finishing the letter and crying. I was about like wailing, crying, uncontrollable crying, crying so hard. I didn't know if I would stop crying, crying and and being like, man, Lord. I, and I remember being frustrated that it took me so long to do something like that, especially once I started to see the growth that happened after that. And then I had to be thankful and be like, God, you know, thank you that I got to this place. Thank you that I knew to go back in to free myself up. Thank you uh, that somebody guided me and that I had a mentor at the time who helped, was helping me in that process. Um, because some people never get there. Some people are still stuck somewhere where they had to make a decision um, that compromised who they were at their core in order to survive in that moment. Um, and even if it wasn't like a real threat, a real thing that they had to do, they felt like they had to, and that was enough to sh uh, shift the course of their life, um, and to shift how they treated themselves and how they treated other people and how they saw themselves. And if you don't go back and free that person up, um, you may never see the fullness of who and what you can become. So that was step one, go back, write a letter, free yourself up, actively write the letter. There's something about writing that your brain connects to in a different way than if you type or if you use your phone. So my encouragement is to really write it out. That's number one. Two, which kind of coincides with number one, in a sense, was to change the tapes. So that's a phrase I got from my friend Sherry. Um, and she was talking about an event, my friend Sherry and Yvette. And they were talking about how sometimes you get these negative loops in your brain, these just negative loops of information in your brain that are reinforcing one, something that's probably a lie, um, but still reinforcing a negative thought in your head. So it could be reinforcing that you're not smart, that you're not talented, that you're not beautiful, that you are whatever it is, It, but you get this negative loop in your head just kind of ongoing cycle in the background and so because it's on this ongoing loop in the background it becomes your truth you function um in the world through what that tape is saying because you begin to believe it because you're hearing it so much um they say seeing is believing well sometimes hearing is believing especially if you're hearing something repeatedly it could be the voice of someone from your childhood who maybe said something to you um and it could have been to intentionally hurt you or it may not have been to intentionally hurt you, but it did hurt you. And you constantly hear that in the back of your head. Um, it could have been a teacher. It could have been a friend. It could have been a random thought that came to your mind that you accepted as truth and then you kept playing it. But your thoughts can limit you. Your thoughts can stop you from pursuing purpose. Your thoughts can stop you from betting on yourself. Um, your thoughts can stop you from finding your routine success. Your thoughts can stop you from choosing joy because you feel like you'll, you won't have it or you're not worth it. So it's important to capture those thoughts 
to take those things that exist on a negative loop and to replace them, to change the tapes, to create a new loop so that you can, one, believe who you really are, believe in who you really are um, and give yourself the permission to flourish right like if one is you're dumb I used to battle and not even let me was it that you're dumb like of a, a version thereof that's all I have to give you this morning is like you're stupid you're not intelligent you're not as smart as you think you are um and I battled with that for years because I didn't finish college in the traditional time frame right it it would I mean it would be incessant in the background of my mind, when I would think about doing stuff, when I would be in meetings, there were times I would be afraid to share an idea because you might have me in a room full of people with even, you know, advanced degrees or even just a bachelor's degree, not just, but even a bachelor's degree. And I could hear, I could see a new way. I could see a different plan. I could hear something that's off and I would be afraid to speak up because this loop in my mind is you're not as intelligent as them because you didn't finish college. Well, I didn't finish college because I flunked out. I didn't not finish college because I was dumb. I did not finish. Like there were a lot of life circumstances that w- went into me not finishing college in the traditional time frame when I initially went 20 years ago and none of them had anything to do with my intelligence. And I know plenty of people who didn't go to school who are smart people, who are intelligent people, who are talented and creative people. College is not the barometer for that. And because I had had that in my head and I had made that my barometer, it was preventing me from flourishing and from adding the value that I came into the room to add. It was convincing me to give up my seat at the table. And I was like, well, one, this is stupid. I know that I'm smart. If I want to use academics, I'm a national achievement scholar. Like when I was in high school, I got a 35 on the reading portion of the ACT, like to this day, when I decide I can get a 4.0 and it's literally just a decision. It's me being like, I'm gonna get a 4.0 this semester. And you know what I get? A 4.0. At this point, I have finished college, which is again, not an indicator of my intelligence, but I finished college my final semester with a 4.0 while working two jobs, um, running an after school program, being an entrepreneur and coaching and like all this other stuff and was still able to get and maintain a 4.0 because intelligence for me is the default. Like that's not even a question of if I'm intelligent. There were people out here believing I had advanced degrees before I had my first degree and like because I'm an intelligent person because God has gifted me with wisdom and intelligence. So it doesn't make sense for me to believe that I'm not smart. That's a lie coming from somewhere outside of me. And I don't have to accept the lie. I went through a period of time of not believing in my own beauty. And so I had to literally start telling myself, like, no matter what would come to my head, I'd be like, but it doesn't matter because you're beautiful. It was literally like my answer for everything, even when it didn't fit. It was like, Kristen, your shoes untied. It doesn't matter because I'm beautiful. Well, it does matter. You should tie your shoe before you trip and fall. But... At every chance I had, I reinforced my beauty because initially I did. I, I was not believing that I had it. And now you would be hard pressed to convince me of something else. I know I'm cute. I know I'm beautiful. Right. I know that if I put forth the extra effort, babe, shout it bad. Right. <laughs> and that's how we should all feel about ourselves. Um, but it took me changing the loop that was in my head. And literally when a negative, even now when something, I be like, oh, I look crazy. And the next thing that comes to mind, but you're still beautiful. 
it's first thing in the morning. You've not done anything to yourself yet. It's not the movies. You don't wake up like this. Like, you got to comb your hair and wash your face and get the uh, mucus out the corner of your eye. Like, you need to do all of those things. But you're still beautiful. Now what? Right? Um, Or even my students. One thing I did with my students that was a game changer for us. They used to complain about work being hard. And in their mind, because it was hard, they did not have the ability to do it. And I used to, like, admonish them. Like, it's not that hard. And then it was like, well, how? who am I to tell you that something is not difficult for you? That's actually not my job. That's not the role I came here to play. So I stopped telling. So when they would say something was hard, I stopped telling them that it wasn't that hard. I started affirming it. I'm like, you're right. It's hard. Excuse me. Now what? We agree that it's hard. We agree that there's a challenge in front of you that you would rather not have be in front of you. Um, Now that we have acknowledged and accepted that, what is our next step? Because the reality is, even if that science worksheet or that math worksheet is not actually that hard, there are going to be hard things in life. And what I need you to understand, the concept I need you to get, is that something being hard doesn't mean it's impossible for you to overcome it. And so that became our mantra. Yes, it's hard and I am capable. Yes, it's hard, but I have what it takes. Yes, it's hard, but I can ask for the help that I need to be successful. It was a changing of the tapes. And as a result, my students started to do better. And so instead of them coming to me telling me that something was too hard, they would come to me and ask me for assistance to get over the challenge that they faced. They learned how to advocate themselves and get what they needed um not because anything in life changed but because their view on the circumstances and what they said about the circumstances in their head and out loud changed so that's step two change the tapes step three spend time with yourself and spend time in silence like get to really know you get to really love you get to really experience and value yourself so that You see more clearly who you are, how you are, what you want in your life versus what you don't want in your life. And you can live into that and you can share that and you can advocate for yourself. Like spend time with yourself to do the things you want to do that other people might not want to do. I am notorious at this particular season in my life for doing something by myself. For going to an experience, going to a a movie, going out of town. Because I'm not waiting for anybody else to validate that this is a worthwhile endeavor for me to do. I'm not. I just, I'm not waiting. Um, If it's something I want to experience, I'm going to go with my own best friend. I'm my own soulmate, in the words of Lizzo. I love that song. When I first heard that song, I was like, yes, I am my own soulmate. Like, I know how to love myself well and how to be with myself and advocate for myself and pour into myself. I don't have to wait for anybody to buy me flowers. I can buy me flowers. I don't have to wait for anybody to buy me jewelry. I can buy me jewelry. I don't have to wait for anybody to tell me I'm smart, talented, beautiful, valuable, capable. I can do all of that for myself. And you can too. You can give yourself what you need to be well. 99.9 times out of 10. (laughs) You have everything you need to invest in yourself, to pour back into yourself, to grow yourself. But a lot of us don't even know what we really need because we don't slow down enough to just be with ourselves to see what that is. 
right? And there was a season in my life, like, you couldn't pay me to be by myself. You couldn't, and you couldn't pay me to be in silence. Those were two things that were like a no. Um, and it was because my tapes were off, right? And so I didn't want to be alone with myself. And I surely didn't want to be in silence because then I would have to deal with all of the things that were in my head that weren't positive. Um, even if they were things that were in some instances based in truth, it was how I approached it. So instead of, you know, a person saying, oh, you're fat and no one's ever going to love you and you're never going to be beautiful. You could say, I want to be a healthier person, not a particular size, not a particular weight, but I want to be healthy. I want to run up and down the stairs without being winded. I want my asthma to get better. Um, I want, you know, I want my skin to clear up. I want whatever it is. Like you can look at it in the affirmative. And instead of talking about all the things that you're not and talking about how you might never get there, talking about the things that you want and what's your plan um, to get there. I want full movement and flexibility in my body. Like that's important to me. I want to be able to run around with my nieces and nephews or with my goddaughter who is on the move, my word, um, without feeling exhausted. Like I want to be free to experience and enjoy life. On both of my trips to the continent of Africa last year, I did a ton of walking, right? And I I think of my old fitness levels and that would have like took me out previously. I would have been somewhere completely exhausted and winded, potentially needing my inhaler because I was just not in good physical health. It was a reminder that even doing something simple like going walking every day, so I have full mobility of my body and use of my limbs is a preparation for me to live the kind of life that I want to live. And those are things I enjoy doing by myself. It doesn't mean that you can't do them with other people. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do them with other people. It does mean that you should learn to enjoy your own company. You should learn to sit in the silence and deal with whatever may come up. Um, the reason I hate it sitting in silence again is because the thoughts that would come to the forefront were just too heavy and too hard for me to deal with at the time. I didn't, I felt like if I started, I would spiral into the depths of darkness and never be able to come out. Um, not true. Once I started dealing with the things that were coming to the forefront of my mind, once I started processing through them, um, I could find the lies. I could confront them with the truth. I could then rewrite the tape which would free me up to live a better life. To this day, I spend a lot of time. Now, you hard pressed to get me to go out and to be around somebody sometimes or to be with other people because I enjoy my own company just that much. You you wanna go, Mm -mm. I wanna go at home and I wanna sit in silence. I wanna be with myself. I wanna read a book. I wanna just be in my own space with nobody else there because there is value and comfort um, and beauty and being able to really, really enjoy being with yourself. So spend some time with yourself, spend some time in silence, see what comes up, see what you need to process, see what's not true. See what is an indicator that you have a growth area and something you can work on. See, see where you can make your life better by just investing back in yourself and setting aside the time to do just that. That's the other thing about spending time with yourself. You then give yourself room to invest in yourself and do what you need to do to move you forward, 
right? Some of us aren't progressing just because we've not created space in our life to progress. We are always wrapped up in somebody else's agenda, somebody else's needs, wants, and desires that we don't have room for our own because we don't prioritize giving ourselves that space. So that one hour a day that we've talked about before, take your one hour for yourself. Or in some days, I'll take the whole day for myself. Yesterday was a day for me and it was beautiful and perfect and I loved it. I loved it because I spent time working on things that matter to me. I spent time reading. I did do some shopping because, well, it's me. Um, but I had a really good time because I deserve to have a really good time. So give yourself that. Um, the next uh, step four was setting boundaries. We need very, very clear boundaries in our life. Okay. Because, again, Having boundaries is a sign that you want to create the space to love yourself well. Saying no does not mean that you don't care about something or someone. It doesn't mean you're not invested. It doesn't mean that it's not valuable. It just means I don't have the capacity either mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, time-wise, whatever, to give to that in this moment. And that's okay. I used to be the person that was always there. I used to, when I say I always showed up, I always showed up. I remember receiving a volunteer of the year award. I think it was like back in 2007 because literally every time they opened the doors, I was there. Stuff that didn't involve my team, I still showed up. Even times when I should not have showed up. There was a time I got placed on bed rest for a particular period of time. I got up early because we needed to show up for the kids. Let me tell you something. Them kids would not have cared had I not been there. Not that they don't love me, not that they didn't value me, but me not being at one event was not going to be the end of their life. But it could have compromised mine because I should have been at home. My butt should have been in the bed. But I had this intense need to be needed because that was how I found my value. And so I compromised my health to go be at a football game. You know what they have all across America, all throughout the fall? High school football games. Missing one wasn't going to be the end of the world. It was not. And the kids literally hung out with us for like 30 minutes of the probably two or three hours that we were out there. I should have had my butt in the bed. I should have. Hands down. No questions asked. But I didn't because I had no boundaries. Again, now, boy, mm, let me check my calendar to see if I can do that. Let me evaluate how much I can give to that. I know that I'm prone to overextend in this area. So let me press pause so I can show up in the right way. I recently, relatively recently started attending a new church and um, just now getting to a place where I'm going to get involved and had a you know wonderful conversation with my pastor, who's also a friend, someone I've known for a while this week about what that involvement looks like and that level of involvement. And I was just able to be super transparent to say, this is typically what happens. I typically get over-involved. My boundaries can become compromised because of how much I love young people. And I don't want to do that because it's to my detriment. It's not good for me. So the way you can help me is by helping me set very clear boundaries in this place and making sure that I stick to them. Because I can set them, but you can always cross your own boundaries, right? And so in much of my life, I don't do that anymore, but I can honestly say that there are some areas where that's still a growth place for me. So I might set the boundary initially, but because of how much I care and how invested I become and how much I love someone, I've now now crossed that boundary that I've set. No, 
The point of setting boundaries is so that you don't cross them, so that you don't go over them. And it doesn't mean that you won't have a moment or a season where you have to do more than you would normally do. It does mean that it should only be a moment or a season and that should not be the totality of your life because boundaries are important for you and for the other people that you love um, and that you care about and that you invite into your world. Because what I did learn, there were people who were quite offended when I set boundaries because I suddenly started saying no when previously I had always said yes. And they treated me differently. If me telling you no means that I can't be your friend or that we can't be cool, then we don't need to be cool. My no should not be an indicator of my ability to be loved and respected and treated well by you. No is just no. Not necessarily no forever, but no at this time. And you should love me enough and you should care about me enough to want me to do what I need to do to be well because that's what I want for you. So I'm quick to tell people, I completely understand if you can't do it. Don't overextend yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Do what you need to do to be well. That's important to me. Because I care about you. I want to see you well. And if you don't care about somebody enough to want to see them well, and their boundaries are an indication of them trying to be well, then that's not your friend and you should let them go. And if someone does that to you, that might not be your friend and you should let them go. (laughs) Same answer, right? On both sides of that. Um, Don't value the gifts that a person brings more than the person that brings them. Okay, so set your boundaries, set them with everybody, set them in your relationships, set them at work. I set them very clearly at work. There's a project that I really want to work on, but it it takes me transitioning out of my current position to do it well. And there was a question around what can we do to make this happen? You can transition me out of my position, like I said before, and let me focus on this. But I'm not going to do both things because that would put me in a position of being unwell. And I'm not going to do that. So as much as I care about it, as much as I'm interested in it, as much as I want to do it and desire to do it, I do not desire to do it to my detriment. And that's what boundaries help you do to create the space so that as you're working, as you're functioning, as you're living in this world, you're not doing it to your detriment. You're doing it to your wellness. And last and uh, certainly not least, probably my favorite thing in this, celebrate yourself. Celebrate your wins, big and small. You can't celebrate them in the same ways, right? I'm not necessarily going to go on a trip because I crossed three things off my to-do list, depending on what those three things are, maybe. But I can go to Starbucks. I can make time to spend with a friend. I can um, buy makeup. I did that yesterday. I celebrated myself yesterday by buying two additional Fenty Beauty palettes. Uh, The little snap eyeshadow palettes that she recently came out with. And a, an additional eyeliner. Like, that's how I celebrated the fact that, wow, these last couple of weeks have been very challenging for me from a mental health perspective. I've pushed through. I've still been able to do some really cool things um, and set some really cool things up. And yesterday, I got a really big thing that mattered to me off of my to-do list. And I said, this is how I'm celebrating. Fenty Beauty. Go me. <laughs> right? You can celebrate by buying a new book. You can celebrate by literally just patting yourself on the back and writing yourself a love note saying, good job, girl. Good job, sir. You did that. Um, You can mark it in your planner and put a sticker if you have a planner. There are literally a number of ways. You can just put it on social media. Today, I accomplished 
blah, and share that excitement with the people around you. Um, I want to say the last one I posted on social media, I talked about when I crossed 5,000 downloads. That was such a huge deal to me. I simply made a little note, made a little cute sign. I used an online tool for that to say, hey, over 5,000 downloads, posted it with a cute picture of me, let my friends celebrate with me. I think I got Starbucks, which I mean, can maybe not be considered a celebration because I pretty much get Starbucks every day. It's the life I live. Um, But I said that day that Starbucks was for something special. That's how I handled it. Right. And I enjoyed it because I deserve I deserve that level of happiness. Um, I deserve to be celebrated for the things that I get done, even if it's just a five minute dance break. Get what you need to be well celebrate in a way that makes you feel happy. Um, big and small, you know, for my big things last year, I accomplished so much last year. That's why I ended my, uh, my graduation gift to myself was my trip to Kenya. Cause I deserve, um, so I celebrated myself, celebrate yourself, figure out a, just a bunch of different things you can do. Maybe you give yourself $5 and you can go use it at the target dollar spot or you go to dollar treat and buy yourself just whatever. It's going to make you feel good in the moment or go to five and below. If you have a five and below in your area and get a little something to invest back in yourself, um, and to celebrate your wins, you know, buy a journal. I'm good for buying a journal. I said, I don't need to buy no more unless I'm giving them away. I buy pretty uh, colored pens. I don't write in black or blue ink like ever, unless I absolutely have to. I typically write in purple or pink or teal, um, orange maybe, because those are the colors that bring me joy. So I love buying pretty colored pens. I have a brand I really like right now. Um, so I buy a lot of those. I might buy a pen, P-I-N, because I enjoy those for my coat. I might get some earrings. I might just call a friend and catch up and share where I am in life and hear where they are in life. And we get a chance to encourage each other. And that's my act of celebration. But I acknowledge accomplishing every good thing. I acknowledge getting out of bed on the days when it was really hard. I acknowledge, I, I at minimum say, you go, girl. Good job. That was great work. I know you didn't want to, but you did it. And amen. And you put in extra effort. And oh, girl, you cute. Or whatever it is. I celebrate my life. I celebrate my joys. I celebrate overcoming the things that are challenging and difficult. I celebrate getting up and trying again on days when I would prefer not to. I celebrate it getting back in the gym. Like I was able to go three times last week. Um, And I'm feeling it in my body. But I was able to do it, right? So celebrate you deserve celebration and that's it those are my five steps to help you either a learn how to love yourself if you don't love yourself and you can acknowledge that or b learn to love yourself better free yourself up from whatever place you realize you started to shift and shape shift your shape and change to be what you thought you had to be to be loved and accepted um change the tapes rewrite the narratives that you're listening to in your head Because some of them are lies and there's no reason to believe lies. Confront them with the truth and live the life uh, you want to live. Spend time with yourself and in silence. Invest back in you. Give your brain a chance to download and to process. 
um, whatever may be stuck in there and actually deal with it. Even if it's scary, it's better dealt with and it's less scary once you start moving through it than it is if you keep pushing it to the background because you don't feel like you can handle it. I promise you, you can um, set boundaries, set very clear boundaries on your time, on your energy, um, on your space. Very clear boundaries are healthy and good and people should respect them. And anybody who can't respect your boundaries honestly probably doesn't respect you. And is that a person you want or need in your life? Um, And last but not least, celebrate yourself. Celebrate every good thing, every triumph, every win, every time you got up when you did not want to, every time you went to the gym when you did not want to, every time you ate healthy when you did not want to, every check mark on your to-do list, everything that was crossed out, every achievement, every accomplishment, every everything that is worthy of celebration in a given day, celebrate and when you know that you've really done it celebrate big and loud and boldly and beautifully and invite other people in to celebrate with you Uh, honestly because you deserve it's that simple I love you friends I love you so much on this week in this week extra focused on love right leading up to Valentine's Day this Friday do something special for yourself every day it doesn't have to be big maybe one day it's a love note to yourself maybe one day it's a new hair accessory I don't know a new pin whatever um one day it's time with somebody who you love who you haven't been able to spend time with one day it's a special meal from your favorite restaurant buy yourself flowers get the mani-pedi get your hair done get your makeup professionally done have a photo shoot plan a trip plan to stay in instead of going out whatever it is do it for you don't wait for somebody else to tell you you're worthy of it remind yourself that you're worthy of it by doing it for yourself and validating the fact that you deserve the best of what you have to offer the world and you should always prioritize doing what you need to do to be more than okay affirm your worth and then you don't have to wait for anyone else to do it for you I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. If you don't hear from anyone else this week, come back and play this section of the recording and hear it from me again. I love you. I really do. And I want you to have the absolute best that life has to offer because I believe from the depths of my soul that that is exactly what you deserve. Make it a great week, friends. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. If you're ready to get started on your own self-care journey and you need some help, check out the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care workbook. You can find it on Amazon.com and we would love for you to have it to help you in your self-care journey. You can also join us on social media. We have a Facebook group, the Black Girl's Guide to Self-Care. On Twitter, you can find us at Black Girl Self-Care. And on Instagram, we are Black Girl Self-Care Revolution. So come on over and join us online. Keep the conversation going um, and stick with us in between episodes. Love you so much. Thank you for joining me today. And I just hope that you have an amazing rest of your day, month, week, year, that it is literally you living your best life. So till next time, be well.